If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 14, verse 16. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It commemorates the outpouring of God's Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Also celebrates the giving of the Torah to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. It's a significant day on the Christian calendar. I want to talk to you this morning about our divine helper, another helper. John chapter 14, it's on the screen, but if you have your Bible and like to turn and read with me, we'll do that. I'm going to read from two translations this morning. I'll begin with the New King James, and I will pray the Father. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I love that passage of Scripture, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you orphans. I will come to you. One translation says, I'll not leave you helpless, but I will come to you. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. And I will ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. How do you know him? Well, you know him because he's the spirit of truth and Jesus lives on the inside of your heart. And Jesus said, I'm going to send another helper. I'm going to send another advocate. Jesus is our advocate in heaven, but the Holy Spirit's our advocate on the earth. And what did Jesus say in John? He said, my sheep know my voice. You know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. The theme of John 14 is on the issue of comfort and consolation. In this 14th chapter and the chapters that follow, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. He promises that another helper will come. This helper is the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He would come to sustain them through times of persecution Condemnation, imprisonment, attack, and even death. All but the Apostle John, who lived to write Revelation, was martyred for their testimony and the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. F.F. F. Bruce, in his commentary, the Gospel of John, writes that there are five passages on the Holy Spirit in John's Gospel. He continues that in each of these we see the Spirit presented in a little different light successively as helper, interpreter, witness, protector, or prosecutor, and revealer. Perhaps you've been in a difficult place. We live in stressful times. Many have been attacked by the enemy who seeks our demise. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can only be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles there means the cunning devices of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober. That means to be watching. That means to be praying. That means to be spiritually alert. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have a divine helper. He is another comforter. He longs to guide us through every circumstance, 
through every difficulty we face in life. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purposes. Our divine helper knows how to partner with us in intercession so we can pray the will of God. Now, that's a good verse of scripture, but you have to see the verses that precede it to understand how does God make all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purposes? Well, there's two very important scriptures in verses 26 and 27 of Romans 8. Listen to what it says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the minds knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So our divine helper knows how to partner with us in intercession so we can pray the will of God. He knows how to take all things, every circumstance, even the bad situations we face and turn them around and use them for our good. We have a helper this morning, a divine helper, another comforter, an advocate. And this morning, I just want to share with you several things about the ministry of this divine helper, the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is this spirit that I talk about? Well, Dr. Fuchsia Pickett writes in her book, Presenting the Holy Spirit. To many people, the Holy Spirit is nothing more than a name and a religious creed recited in liturgical services. To others, he's merely a vague influence mentioned in the scriptures. Even those Christians who think they know who the Holy Spirit is many times do not recognize him as a divine person. We have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a divine person. He's identified throughout the scriptures by different names. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm a little ahead of myself, but you can know the precious third person of the Trinity. You can know the Holy Spirit. You can discipline yourself and learn how to hear his voice and be led by the Spirit in your life. We have a divine helper in the Holy Spirit. You say, well, why ask this question? Who is the Holy Spirit in a spirit-filled church? Well, as Pentecostals, we should know who he is. But sadly, many in our churches don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They've never been formally introduced to this wonderful person who's been sent to our side to help us, enable us, and bring us to Christ as his spotless bride. I read something that was written in a blog by an older pastor, and he said many of the younger pastors in the Spirit-filled movement and our Pentecostal movement have moved away from what he called tongue speech or speaking in tongues. He said they've kind of moved away from that, and they're not sure about that. And maybe they've seen it in the flesh. Maybe they've seen things that were fake but I've come to tell you we don't need to move away from it we need to move back to it in Jesus name because the Bible said that in, when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were in one mind and one accord and the Bible said that the spirit of God came and what did they do they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them the utterance you see it's possible to have a relationship with the third person Jesus makes this profound statement in John chapter 14, verse 17. Listen to what he says. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want you to note those words that Jesus speaks in the latter part of this verse. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want you to know it's possible to have an intimate knowledge of the divine helper. In these last days, 
There will be persecution, hardships, and the enemy will launch attacks against the people of God. Reverend David Daly writes in a sermon entitled The Comforter, he said, there is a spirit, the Antichrist spirit in the world that works to try and stop the anointing, that tries to block the work of faith. Satan is always endeavoring to bring the saints of God into a place of discouragement. He is accusing, tempting, and he's trying to divide. I've come with good news this morning. Anybody can stand some good news. But you can get good news from the word of God. You can get good news from the pulpits of our land. You can get good news from the precious third person of the Trinity. Because the Bible's good news. Can, I, can somebody shout amen? So John, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are God, little children. You've overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We ought to shout over that right there. We have a greater one inside of us. Who is this greater one? Well, he's the precious Holy Spirit, our divine helper. In John chapter 16, verses 7 through 15, Jesus talks about the helper. He says, when the helper has come, he will do six things. Number one, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Number two, he will guide you into all truth. Number three, he will show you things to come. Number four, he will glorify Christ. Number five, he will take things of Christ and show it to you. This morning, I just want to share the following with you two things about our divine helper. First of all, he is another helper. Everybody say another helper. In John 14, 16, I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. In verse 16, Jesus identifies the Holy Spirit as another helper. The King James Version uses the word comforter. And I think about that great hymn we sang years ago, the comforter has come. He, it uses that word comforter in the King James. Listen to what it says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The, King James, the new King James says, it is to your advantage I go away. If I go not away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In John 13, 36, Jesus told his disciples, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. You remember he said in John 14, 1, 2, and 3, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And Thomas spoke up and says, Lord, the way, we don't know the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no one can come to, me, to the Father but by me. I'm the way. And then he goes on down in that same passage in John 14 and talks about sending one that would be another helper, another helper, another advocate. In verses 2 and 3, he goes to prepare a place, and he's preparing a place for us. But then in verse 16, he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Note these words, another helper. The word another in this verse is important because it describes what kind of helper we're going to receive. Another comes from a Greek word, alos, which means diversities of operations and ministries. It's one besides another of the same kind. Jesus' use of the Greek word alos for sending another helper equals one besides me and in addition to me, but one just like me. Here's what he says. He will do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present with you. The commentary of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible reads, it says the Spirit's coming assures continuity with what Jesus did and taught. If you go over to Acts chapter 1, this is not in my notes, but if you go into Acts chapter 1 verse 1, it says, to, oh, to most excellent Theopolis, I write these things to you of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. 
We're to continue the work that Jesus started, and we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, he will do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present with you. The full life study Bible commentary notes reads, it says, Jesus promises to send another comforter. The Holy Spirit continues what Jesus himself did while on earth. So the Holy Spirit, our another helper, will do for us what Jesus would do for us if he were physically with us. This promise from Christ tells us that the Holy Spirit will be by our side to help and strengthen us. Matthew chapter 14, verse 30 through 31, he will teach the true course of our lives. John 14, 26 says he will comfort in difficult situations. John 14, 18 says he'll intercede in prayer for us. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, he'll be a friend to further your best interests. In John 14, 16, he will remain with us forever. And then Jesus says in John 14, 8, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you helpless, but I will come to you. How does Jesus come to us? He comes in the person of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 16, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. He then promises, I'm going to pray to the Father. I'm going to intercede to the Father. And I'm going to send the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? It is the precious Holy Spirit who is our divine helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That brings me to my second point. In John 14, 16, I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The word helper is also translated in different translations as comforter. The Full Life Study Bible reads, the word comforter translates from the Greek word parakletos. It means literally one called alongside to help. It continues, he said, the word is rich. It has a rich word meaning. It means comforter, strengthener, counselor, helper, advisor, advocate, ally, and friend. We could think of comforter just in the terms of comforting someone who's lost a loved one, but it's far more than that. I like the word helper. I like the word advocate, but he's our strengthener, our counselor, our helper, our advisor, our advocate, our ally, and our friend. And then listen to what it, how John 14, 16 reads from the Amplified Bible, and it'll be on the screen. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's more than a shout. He's more than just wind or rain or fire or oil. He's more than, than just the elements that describe him. He's a divine person. And he don't come just to make us feel better on Sunday morning. He don't come just to give us goosebumps. But he comes and lives on the inside of us so that we can be in relationship with the Lord and we can walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we can overcome the evil one. He empowers us as our helper. So he's our helper on earth while 1 John 2, 1 says that Jesus is revealed as our helper in heaven. Let me read that scripture to you and it's on the screen. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then in our text, verse, chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus said, The helper, our advocate on earth, 
will abide with us forever. Even if somebody backslides and gets away from God, I believe the Holy Spirit tracks them and works in their life, and I don't believe they ever get away totally unless they just totally say no to God and turn their back on him and walk away. Then they become apostates. But I believe the Holy Spirit, will, will he's like the hound of heaven. He'll keep pursuing them and keep drawing them and keep calling them home. Some of you have children that once knew the Lord, but they're backslidden on God. The enemy's come and lied to them. They've been and they don't think they need God I want you to know if you'll keep praying for them and keep interceding for them the third person of the Trinity the great convictor of sin will go to them he'll speak to them in the midnight hour he'll talk to them when you don't know that he's talking to them he'll draw them to Jesus Christ why? because he says he'll come and he'll abide with us forever we may give up but God never gives up we may give in but God never gives in we may think they've sinned away their day of grace and there's too much they've gone too far that they'll never turn back but I've come to tell you that he saves to the uttermost he can reach further down than we can reach up he can find those who are lost and undone and he can bring them back to himself because he is the advocate on earth and he is our convictor and listen what people need today is not a sermon that condemns them but what they need today is an encounter with the third person of the trinity that will convict them of their sins and tell them that they're in rebellion they're on their way to hell they must repent they must turn from their wicked ways I can't make them do it you can't make them do it we can't can't argue them into the kingdom but one touch from heaven can change them forever and they can come and know the Lord Jesus Christ I love that he dwells with you and will be in you glory we have a comforter he comes to live on the inside of us he comes to help us I like what brother John Todd says he says we're filled with inside information see the third person down on the inside of you the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you has never been sick Holy Spirit down on the inside of you has never been confused the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you has never been afraid. The Holy Spirit down inside of you has never been afraid. He's never not known what to do. He can show you and lead you and guide you. And listen, if you've got the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you and you're his child, you've got everything that you need. You may lose everything. Everything you have may be stripped away from you. You may go bankrupt, but I'm coming to tell you this morning, if you've got the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you, you've got everything that you need to make it in this life. The enemy may attack you. He may come against your children. He may come against your family. He may come against your home. But I've come to tell you that if you've got the third person living down on the inside of you and you know him and walk with him you've got everything you need to be successful and he can give you a divine comeback I might have a setback but God's got to come back God can help me to come back come to tell you he's a God who is our helper so we're filled with inside information see we can take comfort that no matter what comes our way or what comes into our lives that we have a divine helper See, he's our strengthener, our standby, our counselor, an ally, our advocate, and our comforter. Now, what does a comforter or a helper do? Well, Reverend David Daly writes, he said, the work of the comforter is sevenfold, and it'll be on the screen. Number one, to soothe in times of grief. Number two, to relieve affliction. Number three, to encourage. Number four, to satisfy bodily and physical needs. Number five, to strengthen by inspiring with hope. See, the Holy Spirit, he is hope. To relieve worry or mental anguish, to lessen or remove pain, hardship, or discomfort. Our divine helper, the precious Holy Spirit, comes to our side in order to reveal Jesus Christ to us. He leads us and guides us into all truth. Dr. Phil Waters writes, he said, the Holy Spirit comes to you to stand alongside to you, to breathe into you new strength, to give you wisdom and discernment, to give you fresh power, to encourage your heart and mind, to give you fresh love and kindness, to flood you with joy and peace, to arm you against the blows of the adversary. Many of you are hurting this morning. 
suffering through problems, struggling with adversity, encountering attacks against your home and family from the enemy, and even being persecuted for your faith. But I have good news today. You are not alone. You have an advocate, a divine ally, the helper who Jesus promised is here. And all you have to do is call out his name. Who is this divine helper? He's the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He is our divine helper. Now how do we get to know this divine helper? How do I enter into a relationship with him? Well, I believe you first must experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins. That don't mean that you're supposed to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus. That word there, in, is a Greek word and it means in too. To be baptized means I'm immersed into Jesus. You see, they knew about the Father and they knew about the Holy Spirit, these Jewish people, but they didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah. And Peter's saying, you've got to be immersed into him. You've got to believe that he's our Messiah, the one that was promised in the very early earliest pages of the Bible, the serpent bruiser, the one who would come and crush the head of the serpent. You've got to believe. He says, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. We are the ones the Lord our God is calling. We're the far off ones. My prayer today is John 20, verse 22. The Bible said, It's talking about Jesus. When he had said this, he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. The Holy Spirit's a gift. You don't earn him. If I fast long enough, if I pray hard enough, if I work for the Lord long enough, maybe. No, no. A a gift has to be received. Seek and you'll find. One fellow went to pray in the altar, they said, and all of them gathered around him and said, we're going to pray for you. He said, oh, no, don't pray for me. He said, go pray for these others that they might receive. He said, I know what I'm doing. I've been seeking the Holy Spirit for 10 years. Well, he hadn't been seeking because if you seek, you find. You have to open your heart and receive this gift from the Lord. He wants to bestow it upon you. He wants to give it to you. Now, it's not for everybody, but it's for the hungry. It's for the ones who said, I'm hungry enough that I'm going to abandon my sins. I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. I'm going to turn from the things of the world and turn to the things of God. But I want all that God has for me. And the doorway, the gateway to that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, other churches don't teach this. Other churches don't believe this. Well, we love those other churches and those other Christians, and we bless them in the name of the Lord, and we pray that God will open their eyes to the truth of all that God has for us. I don't want part. I don't want some. I want it all. I want everything that the Lord has for me and my family, and I'm one of those who qualify because it says for all of those who are far off to your children and your children's children, to successive generations, I'm going to pour out my spirit and they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we need the wisdom and the guidance of our advocate on this earth. We need to learn to hear his voice and receive his directions. We must allow him to lead us and guide us into all truth. We must learn that he is our teacher and allow him to open our understanding and teach us the word of God. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the natural man. That means the man who's wise in the ways of the world. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. You know what I learned a long time ago? You can't always get your mind around what God is doing. I have to make it out of my spirit, and I have to receive it by faith. Now, why does God use the tongue? Because the Bible said that's the most unruly member. 
It's really the hardest one for us to surrender. It's the hardest one for me sometimes. And see, that's an act of surrender. And when I speak in other tongues, it puts a time and a place on when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, God wants to fill you to overflowing today. He wants to renew and give you a language of the Spirit that will take you to a whole new level in your intercession and in your walk with God. He wants to give you power. Now, what does he give us power for? Well, he gives us power so we can be witnesses unto him. He gives us power to live an overcoming life. How many of you say, I want that power in my life? Raise your hands and say amen this morning. Stand with me. Many of you know Jackie Robinson as the first African American to play major league baseball. Facing jeering crowds at every stadium, he was held to a higher standard and often criticized and scrutinized more often than the Caucasian players of his time. And one day while playing in his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error at second base and the crowd began to boo and ridicule him. He stood at the base humiliated while the fans jeered. Then shortstop Pee Wee Reese came over and stood next to him. He put his arm around Jackie and stood with him facing the crowd. Robinson no longer alone and the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that Pee Wee's act of solidarity, that arm around his shoulder, saved his career and gave him the strength to go on. The Holy Spirit comes beside you. He puts his arm around you and he quiets the voice of the enemy who comes to accuse the brethren day and night. He is our helper and you need to know him today.